You're listening to the Audition Well podcast. My name is Laura Enstall. I'm a college audition coach. I work with high school students all over the country preparing them for the college audition process. My goal is to create confident, prepared actors. So stay tuned for tips to help you with your auditions. Hello, we are talking to Taylor Ratliff today, who is a junior musical theater major at the University of Oklahoma's School of Musical Theater. I messed it up already. (laughs) I'm going to start it over. Dang it. At the University of Oklahoma's, I don't know if I'm going to say it right. Say it for me. Uh, You can say... Um, the Weissman Opera School of Musical Theater at the University of Oklahoma. Okay. <laughs> okay. Weissman Opera School of Musical Theater at the University of Oklahoma. All right. I'll try that again. All right. Yeah. <laughs> five, six, seven, eight. Okay. <laughs> and five, six, seven, eight. Hello. Welcome. We are talking to Taylor Ratliff today, who is a junior at the Weisenhofer School of Musical Theater at the University of Oklahoma. Hi, Taylor. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me. Of course. I'm so glad we got the opportunity. Me too. Um, We are going to be talking today about such a happy subject, right? Mm, Yes, of course. My favorite. Rejection. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, but for real, um, we, you and I just decided that this was a great time to talk about rejection in theater because it is audition season, right? Yeah. And you're in full swing audition mode. Yeah. Yes. And you have been auditioning like a madman, right? <laughs> I mean, somewhat. Yes. Somewhat. <laughs> yes. But um, anyway, I just thought that this would be a great time to talk to someone who is not only auditioning at the collegiate level, but also at the professional level. And Taylor has also worked professionally. So this is why I thought you would be an awesome person to talk to. Um, just because you've got experience and I wanted to have our listeners get an inside scoop on what it's like. Um, so let's talk a little bit. How, how do you feel like it has been your, your experience auditioning has changed over the past few years? First of all, we'll start there. Okay. So um, I think, well, okay, so at OU, in the spring semester of freshman year, we start out with kind of our introduction into musical theater audition etiquette. We have an auditions course mm-hmm. where the first week, all we talk about is what your headshot and resume formatting should look like. So I started there, and around that time, we had our first summer stock audition freshman oh. year. So. Yeah, it was like right off the bat. We got back from Christmas. We started um, learning more about audition etiquette and, you know, how to cut your music and how to pick material that's not overdone, but you still love to sing Mm -hmm. and finding things that are diamonds in the rough, but aren't so obscure that your audition panel isn't going to recognize any of your material. You know, sort of all the ins and outs of uh, proper audition etiquette. Mm -hmm. And so I remember in a sense, having to completely restructure the way I approached an audition, which was terrifying because I'm a very type A personality (laughs) that, you know, once I establish 
a procedure or a schedule or a way of doing things, it's established and it's cemented and mm-hmm. it's where I like, you know, where what I like to do uh, for auditions. So going from college auditions to professional auditions was completely different in terms of auditioning for summer shows in college. So that was freshman year. I didn't book any summer stock work, but I did work at a theater in Dallas, uh, Uptown Players, mm-hmm. that did Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, and I got referred by a friend and sent in videos, and they loved it, and so I got to go, you know, work as a drag queen for six weeks. And you awesome. were wonderful. Yeah, you were a wonderful, well, you were wonderful in that show. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I've never been a more fabulous emu in my life. I know. <laughs> you. <laughs> it was a very fun production. I loved it. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was also, you know, like going out of freshman year of college and going to do something wild and crazy and ridiculous, but still in the craft is always, you know, a release. There's a catharsis and doing something whimsical, you know, so you're not always doing dogfight and, right, exactly. uh, you know, like, you know, like heavy material. Um, so, and then sophomore year, I hit the audition grind full swing. I did two summer stock audition conferences. I did the A1s conference in January and then I did the Straw Hat summer conference in March. Could you just explain what those are? You said both in New York City. Could you just elaborate a little bit on those? Because I know we have people who have been asking to talk a little bit about those. I would love to hear more. Yeah, of course. So uh, the A1s conference and the Straw Hat conference are both sort of uh, in college audition terms, I like to refer to them as the unifieds of summer auditions. Nice. Because <laughs> it's basically, yeah, I, I mean, it's a corporation that brings a, a many theater companies from across the country and then, you know, cruise line organizations and casting agencies sometimes come. But you essentially get 90 seconds in front of a room full of representatives from theater companies. Mm-hmm that are looking to cast summer shows and you get 90 seconds to do two cuts or a song and a monologue. Um, and then they post callbacks later that day and then you go to a dance call. So, and then like sometimes they'll hold callbacks in and around the area of the city in the following days or that evening. Mm-hmm. But it's essentially like a unified summer stock audition and theaters from all over the country are there. And so the A1 conference is, in January mm-hmm. and the straw hat conference is usually in March around the first or sec- like the first weekend of OU's spring break okay. is when it is. So sophomore year, I did both of those because I said, I'm going to work this summer. Darn it. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I was determined. And so I did both of those plus I auditioned for summer repertory theater in Santa Rosa, California, theater Aspen in Aspen, Colorado, music theater, Wichita and Wichita, Kansas. Um, Lyric Theater of Oklahoma in Oklahoma City mm-hmm. and the Lexington Theater Company in Lexington, Kentucky. And that may have been it in terms of regional single auditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I ended up working at Lyric Theater of Oklahoma the summer between sophomore and junior year, so last summer. And I played a small role in their production of Singing in the Rain, which was awesome. And then I went on to... Um, be in their production of Newsies as Jojo, you know, one of the dancing boys. Yeah. <laughs> um, of which there are many, you know. Many dancing boys. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, many dancing boys. 
And that was fabulous. And it was really my first summer stock experience because we rehearsed Singing in the Rain for two weeks. And then we started Newsies rehearsals the weekend before Singing in the Rain opened. And we had Newsies rehearsals during the day. And mm-hmm. then we performed Singing in the Rain at night for a week, which was exhausting. But, I you can know, just oh my gosh. the most fulfilling. Yeah, I, I just, you know, flailing through the day, <laughs> singing through the night. You know, all of the musical theater dreams coming true. Of course. Um, and then after that week, we just went into Newsies. And we did Newsies. And then I went back to New York for a little bit over the summer. And then came back to school and started on Cabaret at OU. Very cool. So yeah. throughout that audition process, um, obviously auditioning has evolved for you but how how does it feel whenever you continue to hear obviously you heard yes because you went to lyric theater and you heard yes after your freshman year but how did it feel whenever you you first started getting those professional no's from from professional theaters saying no thank you but no yeah I um I think I really took comfort knowing that I was an underclassman mm-hmm. and knowing that people don't book Broadway overnight. Well, you know true. Yes, this is true. <laughs> yeah. so, um, but I really, I, I knew that I had a lot of room to grow. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, you know, for the time looking back on it, I think it was a, a mature mindset. Um, it, it was hard with the theaters that I felt I established sort of a bond with or a connection with mm-hmm. at first. And then, you know, as I, as I get older, I still have, tr- you know, some, da- some days I really have trouble compartmentalizing and thinking like, okay, well, they really liked me in the room, but I haven't gotten anything from them and I haven't heard from them. And right. they cast somebody else in the role they called me back for. So like, was I not good enough? And I just, I always have to remind myself that it's not so much about me as it is about what they need and what they see. And, um, the, actually the secretary for the school of musical theater, Janice Ravnick has a fabulous saying here at Mm -hmm. OU. Uh, and she says, it's all about selection, not rejection. And I want that tattooed somewhere on my body because it is so right. And that's wonderful. The first time I heard her say it, I just loved it. I love that. It's all about selection, not rejection. Yeah. Yes. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah, And and it's, it's just. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like um, that's that's so right. I mean, because you might have a great connection with people in that room, and they might say, wow, Taylor, we love you. We think that your work is wonderful, but they just can't use you for that particular role, that particular job. But you know what? They're going to remember that, hey, you know what? We liked that kid. We liked that guy a lot. And they might use you for something down the road, right? Right, exactly. And, you know, I've been to a lot of summer auditions that are, you know, I, I mean, I'm a 5'9", freckled white boy from the South. This is true. Who moves really well. <laughs> right. And I, I'm a character actor who sings and moves really well. Mm-hmm. And some of these theaters are doing Evita mm-hmm. and, you know, Pippin. So they're looking for people of ethnic diversity who can tumble. Mm-hmm. And that right. is absolutely not me. But if they really like me in the room, then the next year when they're doing Your Good Man, Charlie Brown right. or Sweeney Todd uh-huh. or any of that sort of 
more character-driven style of theater, yeah, they'll absolutely, hopefully, have me in their head. Right. And they can say, hey, you know what? We remember that guy from last year. Let's call him in. Or who knows? They may be looking, another colleague might be looking for someone and they could, hey, you know what? We've got somebody we auditioned and they could refer you, you know? Yeah, it's 100%. So do you feel like that's how you keep a mindset of dealing with rejection? Yes. It, yes, 100%. I actually... Uh, had an audition recently that, you know, you and I have talked about mm -hmm. where um, there were a lot of new faces for me in the room. And it was this huge cattle call summer, uh, summer stock audition. Mm -hmm. And I felt great about my work. And I felt like I really got a grasp of what they were looking for in the room. And, you know, it was one of those auditions where everything just clicked and it felt right in mm -hmm. the moment. And I have not heard back from them. And, you know, the rumors are flying about, you know, well, they've already cast the show and they've already, you know, they're going to announce soon and they're just, they're moving faster than normal. You know, all of the speculation is flying. <laughs> and right. right. I mean, you know, as college kids love to do, we speculate wildly. <laughs> and so. Well, do you know what I heard? <laughs> I have struggled. I, <laughs> um, so I struggled a lot with, you know, the intricacies of, is it, was it me? Was it something that I did? Was I not right? Am I too tall? Am I too, am I not buff enough? Am I too old looking? Am I too young looking? Mm -hmm. You know, all of these things flying through my head. And I have to remember, I made it far enough that they got me on camera, mm -hmm. which is so awesome. Uh, the people sitting behind the table have stacked resumes. I'm talking Broadway, national tour, um, like huge, huge, impressive resumes. Um, they loved me in the room. It it felt like, or they're fantastic actors, you know. Mm -hmm. So right, <laughs> right. So, and I'm coming to terms with knowing deep down in my soul that if I don't get this particular role at this particular time in this moment of my life, that they have me on camera. They mm -hmm. love me in the room. Hopefully, they'll remember me. Uh, I feel like I made a really great artistic and personal connection with them. And at the end of the day, that's what the business is all about. It's about knowing people and feeling familiar and feeling comfortable and safe and inclusive. And yeah, so, but in terms of dealing with rejection, I haven't heard anything back from these people yet. Mm -hmm. And so I'm developing uh, kind of my go-to catchphrase when people ask me if I've heard anything or if I feel insecure about the rumors or any sort of business like that, which is I... I'm not going to assume anything until I either A, get a call, or B, see a cast announced. Right. So, and even then, a lot of people have talked to me about, or I've heard a lot of people describe their audition process, um, or their post-audition process, and how they go about analyzing their work, and, you know, how much time am I allowed to spend mulling over my work and mm -hmm. you know what am I what am I allowed to spend energy wise on this audition and my favorite thing that I've ever heard was um from Rachel Hoffman who's a casting agent at Chelsea's office in New York and she came to yep. OU a couple weeks ago <laughs> yeah and she was awesome and we did a master class with her but my favorite thing that she said was a lot of my friends say they give themselves the subway ride home from the audition 
to think about the audition. And the moment they're back up on the subway platform, they forget about it because they have to go on with their lives. And there's mm-hmm. another audition in 20 minutes or two hours or three days. And you just, you have to move on and you can't get too tied to specific things. Yeah. That's a great yeah. way to, to look at that. Just give yourself a little bit of time. And, and for maybe people who aren't in New York, um, give yourself a car ride home or <laughs> 20 right. minutes yeah, to, like, to think about it and then l- let it go. Yeah. And in, in terms of a college audition, I was thinking about this in terms of a college mm-hmm. audition, it's the car ride home or it's the Uber to the airport. Or right. Like while you're sitting at the gate, while you're downloading, you know, your Netflix special or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, or, you know, it's, you compartmentalize it and you can think about it and process it until you talk to your audition coach. Mm-hmm. And then once you talk to them, I assume that everyone comes to the conclusion of, well, we'll wait to hear back. Yeah. And that's you know? all you can do, right? And, and that's all you can do. And again, I'm such a type A personality that it's hard for me to relinquish control, but practicing the act of letting go and recognizing that everything is out of my hands now. And if I leave it all in the room, then that's, the most that I could do. And I should be proud of the fact that I left it all in the room. No, I think that's, I think that's great advice. I think you have to, you, you do your audition and then you just have to be done. You just have to let it go, leave it in the room and move on. Otherwise, if you continue to dwell, you're not able to go to the next audition and be present. You just, you're dwelling on the past. You're dwelling on what you did or what you should have done. And then you can't be in that moment with those either casting directors or college representatives, or uh, if you're auditioning for another show, whatever it is, you can't be there, you know, because you're thinking about, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. Exactly. And in a college audition, if you walk out of your appointment with CCM Mm -hmm. and they ask you a question that you weren't prepared for, and then you take your, I was unprepared for my CCM questioning into your appointment with Carnegie Mellon, mm-hmm. Carnegie Mellon is going to see you as the person who is disappointed at their other audition right. instead of, hi, this is me. I'm a clean slate. I'm a fresh person. Here's my personality in full form. And here's my own authentic self. They're going exactly. to see a, a, a tainted version of you. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just not fair to yourself. So what do you, wh- what was the time, what was an audition um, maybe that you were, that was especially challenging for you Post audition, was there a time when you had a, you know, maybe you didn't react in the most positive way, and if so, like what did you do to cheer yourself back up? Um. <laughs> okay, this is funny. This is a funny story now. Um, in hindsight, right? Actually, yes. It you know hindsight that twenty twenty vision she hits a little harder. It's true, <laughs> but um. I would have to say my callback for the University of Oklahoma, oh, which is where uh, I go to oh, school. Yes. Uh-huh. My, oh, yeah. So my callback for this school was, it was my last college audition. Mm-hmm. It was my last callback, <laughs> and then I went straight into rehearsals for a show. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, I was finishing college auditions, and then I was going into a show, and I had it all figured out, and I was distracting myself and all that. But for the audition, OU was the only school that asked me for what they referred to as a golden age monologue, which mm-hmm. was a monologue written between 1930 and 1960. And they were the only school that asked me 
for material from that period. And so I kind of put it, I put it off. I procrastinated. I focused on other auditions. Mm -hmm. And then I, (laughs) oh yeah, I'm sure you remember this. I I remember this. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So it was about three or four days before the audition. And I was like, Oh no, (laughs) I have to find a monologue. Ah! So, you know, I, I called my audition coach, Dave Clemens, and I got a monologue together and it was super overdone and just not my type, but I was like, whatever, I've just got to have it. I've got to have it. So I tried to memorize it in the car ride from Dallas, where we lived at the time, to Oklahoma, to Norman, uh, the day before the, uh, the callback. And I went into the callback room the next day. And we danced in the morning, and then we went to lunch, and then I couldn't eat anything because I was too nervous, and then we sang. And so, or we sang and we did our monologue. So I went in the room. No, 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 no. First of all, I'm sitting outside the room, and three people ahead of me is this person that I've seen in the Dallas Summer Musicals, like the Jimmy Award qualifying mm-hmm. branch for Dallas, which is the Dallas Summer Musicals High School Musical Theater Award. And I... <laughs> he, this guy had been famous in the high school circuit for playing JD in Heather at his high school. And I didn't remember that because outside the room, I was going over my music and I was going to sing freeze your brain <laughs> uh, from Heather's for my audition. And he walks in a couple people ahead of me and he sings it. And in my mind, I'm going, Oh, Shoot. <laughs> he just got nominated for all these regional awards for this. He's supposed to be brilliant. Blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. You know, all in my head, self-conscious thoughts. Yes. I ran to the bathroom and almost cried. Oh. Went back to the line outside, waited a couple more people, went in. I sang Freezer Brain. And I just decided, you know what? We're different people. I have to trust my intuition. and This is what I prepared. So I went in. I sang Freezer Brain. And then You're Sensational from High Society. And then... Sean Churchman, who's one of the acting professors in the School of Musical Theater, asked me for, or he asked me what my two monologues were. And I said, uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, which was my 1930s to 1960s piece, which Mm -hmm. I memorized in the car on the ride there. And I believe it was um, Jim from Prodigal Son by John Patrick Shanley. And he said, okay, let's hear your Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. And I was like, oh, good. Okay, great. So I started to do it. I get a couple lines in. I blanked on the lines. And I said, I'm sorry. Can I just take it again? And they were like, sure. I started it again. Got to the same spot, blanked again. And I said, you know what? Can I just do my other one? <laughs> and they kind of looked around and they were like, I, sure. Yeah, of course. So I did my other one. I felt so good about it. I felt like I nailed it. And then they, you know, they gave me the thank you. And I left. I told my parents about it. And they were not happy. They they were so condescending is the, isn't the right word, but they were just kind of sad for me because mm-hmm. they knew that I hadn't prepared well. They knew that I really wanted this school. And they, we went to lunch and it was the saddest lunch <laughs> of my life. And it, it was just, I, I still can't go. It was Jimmy Don's on campus oh my corner gosh. at OU and I still can't eat there you because of the memory of that post audition. <laughs> And so I shouldn't be laughing, but we're laughing now. (laughs) Oh yeah. You know, it was mortifying then. Right. But I still, it's just so traumatic. And I, 
I remember feeling so down on myself and so, you know, like, oh, well, I wanted to end my college auditions on a high note and I wanted to, right. I really wanted to get into school, but I mean, like, I guess I'll just see what happens. And but sometimes nerves take over like maybe. that. Yeah, I really, yeah. Um, and it ended up being fine. I mean, you know, I'm here in the school of musical theater. There you are. Which is where mm-hmm. I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that audition, my family and I still joke about it because it was historically one of one of the auditions where I walked out feeling the worst. So, so you walked out feeling <laughs> terrible about it. Um, so what do you, what do you do when you're feeling bummed about not getting a part? When you're feeling that rejection, what do you do, you Taylor, when you're feeling that rejection? I I typically I will sulk for a little bit. I'll give myself my, my subway ride home, if you will. Um, and then I, I really am drawn to, if the weather's nice, going out and finding nature. If it's not nice, I will turn on Ella Fitzgerald and I'll cook something in my kitchen. Or I'll go read Patty LuPone's memoir and I'll remember that she had a terrible time at Juilliard for part of it. And then she booked the baker's wife and then she booked Avita and then, you know, won a Tony Award. And I'll, I find little reminders that everybody's journey is different. And that just because my best friend may have booked a role in this huge show at a huge regional theater for the summer. And, you know, they're joining the union and they're getting paid all this money and they're having their flights paid for, you know, all of this, that if I don't book that, I am no less qualified and I am no less talented and I have to find ways to reset my brain and my heart and my mechanisms so that I can feel refreshed and ready for the next thing. Um, but it's hard, like getting myself feeling motivated into turning on the music and starting to cook or getting my hammock out and pulling out a book and going to relax in the sunset on the quad in Norman. It, it, finding the motivation is where I struggle. But once I get out of the house or I get in the groove of a distracting activity and remind myself that I'm a human and there's more to life than auditioning and that I've still got to eat something, you know, like getting back in the routine of every day is really helpful for me. I think it can be, those are all wonderful things, by the way. Um, thank you for sharing those. Um, I think it can be very helpful just kind of adding on to what you're saying to have a post audition, getting myself out of that sulky feeling routine. So like you do, it's so, you know, okay, I didn't, I didn't get the park. I didn't get the show. I didn't get the job. This is what I do. And just automatically going to that, even if it's taking five, 10 minutes to do something, even if you you don't have a huge routine, even if you have a little routine and it's taking 10 minutes for yourself to do something, or if it's taking a whole evening, whatever it is, I think it can be really powerful and helpful for you as an actor to start a routine and maybe it will evolve over time, but just to get yourself back in that clear headspace so that you don't just burn out because you can so easily burn out. If you just make this your, your entire life, your entire world, you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. And like there are other little activities that are still relative to musical theater or dance or mm-hmm. acting or whatever that 
I find refreshing. You know, like singing in the shower, turning on Judy Garland and belting your face off. Or right. practicing yoga and mindfulness and mm-hmm. or going to the gym and getting the endorphins. Or, you know, like there are tons and tons of things that can reset your brain into remembering that you are no less qualified. It's just how the universe played the cards that day. You know what I'm saying? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you are not talented. It just means you're not right for that particular role, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's what can be so tricky with this. And maybe for people who are younger in high school listening to this, maybe you didn't get cast in a high school production of something, but that's where that mindset, you've got to start shifting your mindset to think about that. Um, now, if you want to pursue this as a career, that this is, it's, it's all about timing. It's all about what they're looking for and who's right for the job. It's not about lack of talent. <laughs> don't you, exactly, don't you agree? Yeah. Yes, 100%. And I read somewhere during college auditions that it is statistically easier to get cast in a major professional theatrical show than it is to be accepted into a top 10 or top 15 musical theater university training program. Wow. Statistically, it's easier. Yeah. Wow. So Hmm. in high school, that really helped me through. And also in high school, you know, towards junior and senior year, I started looking more and more towards college. And then Mm -hmm. casting disappointments in high school meant less and less because, oh, you know, like, I'm not going to be here forever. I'm going to be in college pretty soon. And then I got to college. And it was this whole new euphoria and everybody was talented and everybody mm-hmm. was competitive on a new level. And so there was disappointment with that. But now that I'm an upperclassman in college, I'm starting to remind myself college wasn't the goal. The mm-hmm. goal is New York. The goal is national tour. The goal is the Muni or Broadway or the West right. End or regional you know, theater, finding, all of these things, being a working actor. Yeah. Finding actual work. Mm-hmm is the goal, is the end goal. And the fact that I can get through a day where I have tap and ballet and acting and musical scenes and all these fabulous classes, but still come home at the end of the day and realize one of these days I'm going to be in rehearsals from nine to five Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be doing the actual job. And that was always the goal. And if college is hard or if high school is hard, that is valid, but it's also not the end result that you're going for. Mm-hmm. And so every day is a step towards the end result. And that really kept me motivated a lot of the days in high school when things were crappy and I had to sit through a rehearsal where I felt I should have been the lead or, you know, <laughs> I had a really bad Don't we all? rehearsal for class. I mean, you know, we're no, all everybody. that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just thinking about the end result and thinking about how Every little thing that doesn't go your way is all a part of the journey and Mm -hmm. everybody's journey is different. Exactly. And I want to go back to something that you said that we, that you touched on, um, that is so valuable and important through the high school process and college audition process. Um, there has to be this shift come junior, senior year. And you and I met your senior year and you were already in the process of college auditioning. So you were like eyes on the prize, but there has to, it's you, you have made this shift, but there has to be this shift whenever you're a junior senior that 
you've got one foot in the door of high school and one foot out the door and you're focusing on the college auditions. So like you said, your high school auditions become less important and then you're focusing on your college auditions because if you're too wrapped up in the world of, oh my gosh, I didn't get this part in my high school and well, I've got to prepare for this and I've got to go to rehearsals at school for this show and that show, your college auditions are not going to go well if you are solely focused on the high school realm alone. Um, so that, that focus has to be shifted and it is really hard. Um, I talk to my kids that I coach all the time about that. Like, okay, you've got to have one foot in the door, one foot out the door and it's tricky, but remember that's not the goal to be a high school actor. The goal (laughs) is to have a career in this field and what's going to get you that goal going to a university where you're going to be training. So I think yeah. that if you look at that as, okay, well, maybe I didn't get a lead, but do you know what? Because I didn't get a lead, now I can focus more on my college auditions. That can also help you with that rejection and help you with that mindset of just getting you to your next step. You know what I mean? Yes, 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 yes. And also two things that I gleaned from the college audition experience that I remember vividly were one college auditions are the chance where you can escape your public school and go be with a lot of people who want the same things that you want, which means that you all have Mm -hmm. common goals, which means that you will hopefully are all supportive of each other Mm -hmm. because you all want the same thing. Right. Secondly, I met so many friends through the college audition circuit that I never thought I would ever, you know, uh, these connections that I've made, I never thought I would ever have strong connections like this, but college auditions are so hard. It's like being in the trenches. Once you meet people and bond with people at these college auditions, Mm -hmm. you'll remember them for the rest of your life because you were both there in that moment, feeling the same things and relating to each other in such an empathetic, strong way that you can't help but be drawn to one another. And I wish that I had, if I could go back and do one thing or Mm -hmm. change one aspect of my college audition process, it would probably be to remember or to remind myself actively to enjoy auditioning. Because, you know, getting out of a rehearsal process for a high school show and going to these universities where everybody wants you to succeed and everybody wants you to be the next Barbara Streisand or, (laughs) you know, uh, Tony Shalhoub or Katrina, you know, like all these. Mm-hmm. wonderful people who study the craft, they want you to be successful when you walk into the room at the threshold of your professional career, you know? Mm-hmm. So remembering to enjoy it and perform what you enjoy and what you love to perform, what speaks to your soul is so important. And if I could change one thing, that would be it. If I could go back. Yes, I I agree. It It is hard to enjoy the process whenever you are feeling stressed and overwhelmed, but I think that that is a very valid point. Um, So my last question to you about all of this, about the world of theater and rejection, just um, with now is the time, as you remember, that you start getting the no's from colleges and theater programs. So what do you, what would you recommend to those students who are the seniors who are waiting to hear back from the theater programs and they're going to hear yeses and nos. What is your, what is your advice to them? Ah, well, my experience I think was very singular in the fact that I was, I finished my audition at OU, which was my last callback. And then I went 
straight into rehearsals for my regional debut at Casa Manana in West Side Story. And I'm so grateful for that experience because it gave me an immediate distraction that kept me motivated, that kept my artistic integrity intact, and it kept me focused. And talking to all these industry people that Casa Manana had flown in from New York to do the show, talking with them about their college process and, you know, like they wanted to go here, but they ended up here and, you mm-hmm. know, they've done this many Broadway shows and all of this. Um, I was very lucky to have a distraction that kept me motivated when I got, you know, the rejection from my dream school and I got the rejection from a school that I really liked when I started to get to know them and, you know, a school that I had known for a long time that I thought I had in the bag. You know, I had, I had professional reminders that a rejection from one school or the other was not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. I would totally recommend if that is available to a senior getting in a show that's going to keep them motivated and focused. I would 100% recommend that. I would also recommend taking the time to relax because mm-hmm. you've been stressing for, I don't know, a, a, almost a full year at this point, probably true, yeah. if not more taking the time to relax and go be with your friends and enjoy high school. You know, I don't know, go to Sonic after school, go (laughs) see a movie, go see the national tour that's in your town or in the closest town that produces national tours or hosts national tours, like find artistic distractions that will motivate you and remind you that People will go to school wherever they're going to go to school. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, the name on your diploma doesn't matter. But the fact that you got the training that you did, wherever you did, is what matters. I was actually reading something earlier today on Playbill about the actress playing Anita in the West Side Story revival Mm -hmm. on Broadway right now. And I couldn't even, I can't even recall the university she went to. But it it wasn't a program that I auditioned for and it Mm -hmm. wasn't... You know, it wasn't Carnegie Mellon or University of Michigan or CCM or OU or, you know, like Texas State. It wasn't any of those. It was somewhere in like North Carolina or South Carolina, somewhere like that that I didn't even recognize. And it reminded me, because I knew that we were going to have this this conversation Mm -hmm. later, that I know people shove this down auditioning seniors' throats that it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. where you go to school as long as you're happy and you get the training that you want. But that's actually the truth. It's true. <laughs> and I know I know that it's hard to hear when you get that rejection from your dream school or the top school on your list or any of those top 10 programs that you really, really thought that was a perfect fit for you. But there are people on Broadway right now that don't even have college diplomas. There are people on Broadway right now that don't even have their high school diploma. Mm-hmm. There are people that just made their own experience. And going back at the end of the day, after you get that rejection or that acceptance and realizing that it does not matter where you go to school as long as you're happy and you get out of college what you want to get out of college, I'd say that's the most important part. I landed at the school that I should have been at, which I'm I'm very lucky to be able to say that. Um, But OU was not my number one school. It was not my dream school um, until I got here and I realized that it it was exactly where I needed to be. And I'm constantly artistically motivated and pushed in new directions and uncomfortable in ways that grow me in ways in 
facets of my performance abilities that I never thought I would ever reach Mm -hmm. or obtain. And so I would say all that's to say, it doesn't actually matter where you go to school in terms of what's on your resume. It matters in terms of how you feel about yourself at the end of the day and how much you get out of college because you choose to get things out of college and you choose to glean from whatever experience you're given. Um, and the universe is going to lead you in a wacky, weird way. Um, it always will. It's that true. Will never stop. Yep. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. So I would say trust the universe. If you're religious, then trust whatever, um, you know, trust what speaks to you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're religious, then trust whatever your religion is telling you and follow your heart, follow your intuition. But trust what the universe gives you because I promise it will lead you in the direction that you're supposed to be led in. That's what I would say. That's what I would say as well, too. I think that that is exactly what I would tell my students as well, Taylor. That's wonderful advice. Um, Thank you. Thank you so much for talking and for sharing all of this with me. I appreciate it. Oh my gosh, of course. I'm so glad you reached out because I love talking about it and people in college get tired of hearing me talk about college. (laughs) No, but it's so, it's so relevant and it's so necessary to hear. Um, And I will just end with one thing to say that just because you see an article on Facebook that says the top 10 musical theater programs that you have to apply to, it doesn't mean that those are the only programs out there. Um, but that's a topic for another podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. <Right? laughs> um, I just think that, like you said, it just, there are so many schools out there and it's just wherever your heart lands, wherever you land is right for you. And there are so many great schools out there. So, um, Yeah. But thank you for this discussion. This was so, so helpful. And just to hear about, to to be vulnerable with me, with listeners, just about what it's like to go through the audition process and to feel the rejection. I greatly appreciate it. Well, thank you. I appreciate you reaching out. And like I said, I love talking about it. And I would do it again anytime. Awesome. (laughs) All right. Well, have a great (laughs) night. Thanks for tuning in. You can find Audition Well on Instagram and Facebook at Audition Well or visit us at auditionwell.com. Have a great day.